Amen, amen. If you have your Bibles, go with me to Psalms 122. Psalms 122. Once you get it, just stand with me as we go to God's Word. Psalms 122. Psalms 122. Those watching online, go ahead and share this. Go ahead and tag others in it and let them know that the Hope Well experience is live and in color. Psalms 122. Psalms 100. And 22. When you have it, say amen. If you don't, just say, wait on me, Reverend. Wait on me, wait on me. You got me journeying through the book. Psalms 122. Psalms 122. And I'll be reading from the New Living Translation of the Bible. And it reads as this. I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. And now here we are standing inside your gates, O Jerusalem. Jerusalem is a well-built city. Its seamless walls cannot be breached. All the tribes of Israel, the Lord's people, make their pilgrimage here. They come to give thanks to the Lord. They come to give thanks to the name of the Lord as the law requires of Israel. Here stand the thrones where judgment is given. At the thrones, the thrones of the dynasty of David. Pray, verse 6, pray for peace in Jerusalem. May all who love this city prosper. Oh, Jerusalem, may there be peace within your walls and prosperity in your places. For the sake of my family and friends, I will say, may you have peace. For the sake of the house of the Lord our God, I will seek what is best for you, O Jerusalem. Father God, we just thank you right now once again for your grace, your mercy, your kindness, your goodness, oh God, and your never-ending love towards us. God, we ask and pray um, that you will be with us in this moment. God, hide me behind the cross, oh God, that is less of me and more of you that is seen. And it's in the precious name of Jesus we pray and all of God's people said, before you take your seat, just look over at somebody and just wave from a distance. Give them a Wakanda. Let them know that you are glad to see them today. You're glad to see them today. You're glad to see them today. Amen. I want to talk this morning from the topic by asking a, by asking a question. Are you glad to be back? Are you glad to be back? I would never forget as long as I live making the long drive from Chicago, Illinois, all the way to North Carrollton, Mississippi, the birthplace of my parents, the home of my parents, the place that made Willie and Thelma what they are today. Never forget the anticipation, Brother Ben, of waking up early in the morning to take that commute to make their way all the way down to North Carrollton, Mississippi. We would get excited at that time had no idea that one day one of the pit stops would be my home had no idea stopping for gas in Carbondale but later on some years later that that's where I would end up being we knew that the trip was almost there not all quite there but almost there once we got to Charleston Missouri we stopped at Boomland to get something to eat we stopped at Boomland to be able to gas up and get ready for the last stretch of the drive one of the things I remember most about the ride is that some kids now have 
have it so good. They're going to buy snacks from the store. They're going to McDonald's as they're stopping by. That was not the case with Willie Earl Swims. Daddy, the day, but the early, the night before we left, Daddy would be in the kitchen frying up some chicken. He had a blue and white cooler that he would get. He would fry the chicken. He would wrap the chicken up in aluminum foil to keep the heat. And then he would place napkins in the inside of the cooler and place the chicken in that was already wrapped in aluminum foil in there. He would have another cooler that had not just Pepsi. It did not have Coke. It had the pop and stuff from all these. You know, it had the off-brand names and different things of that nature. We had all that in there with water, with Capri Suns. And I would be upset. I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't want to eat no chicken on the road. I want to stop at McDonald's. I want to go to Burger King. No, there was no stopping unless you had to use the bathroom or if we needed gas. We were making that long stretch all the way down, 10 hours plus, to North Carrollton, Mississippi. All the joy I felt in my heart as we got on Highway 82. That meant it was a long road ahead, but I knew certain things looking seemed familiar, and I knew, Elder James, that we were almost at our destination, and then we would get off uh, get off of Highway 82. We'll make it down the road. We're in downtown Carrollton, Mississippi. We're getting ready to go up the hill and getting ready to make a left to be able to go to 1019 Van Meter Street. All the joy that came over me when we set foot at my grandparents' house. All the joy I felt that when we went two houses down to my aunt's house. All the joy that I felt as I went from my grandparents' house and to my great to my grandfather's uh, grand my grandfather's sister's house and then to my aunt's house. All the joy I felt that finally we had arrived. This is the excitement and the joy that David talks about here in Psalms 122. Psalms 120 all the way to Psalms 134 are called the Psalms of Ascent. These were psalms, these were psalms that were sung by Jewish believers as they were making their way up to Jerusalem to be able to go for the festivals, for, for, for one of the many seven festivals that they had. This was the journey of the Jews as they made the pilgrimage. I love it because when you go back to Psalms 120, you begin to see that they're honest in what they're singing, they're honest in what they're sharing. And in Psalms 120, I mean, they're going through some things, they begin to realize that people are against them. There are more people against them than they thought that there were, but then they remind themselves that God is for them. And then they get those Psalms 121 when, when David begins to realize, I'm going to look towards the hills which come with my help. David realized, I'm going to look to the hills to be able to get my help. I'm going to look to the hills for that's where my source is. That's where my help comes from. David realized that and they're still making their way on their journey to Jerusalem and then they get here to Psalms 122 and David gets there to the gates of Jerusalem and he says with much excitement I was glad when they said to me let us go to the house of the Lord there was much anticipation there was much excitement that David had that the other Jewish believers had as they're making their way to Jerusalem they could not wait to be able to get to the temple why because they realized in the temple Elder James that's where the presence of God was they realized that once we got to the temple that's where we've come to worship God that's where we've come 
to praise God. That's where we've come to magnify God. But they also realize, yes, we've come to the temple to be able to praise God and magnify God. But it's also a place for us to be able to fellowship with other believers. I asked the question this morning once again, are we glad to be back? It's been some time, it's been some time, it's been some months that we, that we had to go through the thing of being separated from each other. Many, many, many realized, many began to realize during that time of isolation and separation how much daily, uh, how much going to church on a weekly basis was a part of our routine. It was not just because we were coming to praise God and magnify God and lift up holy hands, but it was a time for us to be able to come together with other like-minded believers to be able to praise. God. It was a place of a place of connection where we were connected with other people and we talked, we talked, we talked about what our week may have been. We talked about what was going on within our families. We shared, we shared hopes, we shared dreams, we shared struggles that we had that we were going through. And then someone would say, hey, can I pray with you? Can I journey with you as you're going through these adjustments in your life? Then and only then that we really began to understand the church was not just a building. Yes, it is a building, but we began to realize the church was a family, that it was a connection. It was a fellowship. It was a unity. It was a gathering that we had when we came together. Again, yes, the main focal point is for us to be able to magnify God, but it was a place for us to be able to connect. Now that we have the opportunity to be able to come back, I'm afraid, I'm afraid that the excitement that we once had about being in the house of God has kind of almost dwindled down because now we have options to be able to stay at home and be able to engage God and have church in my pajamas, have church, uh, 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 have church while I'm folding laundry. And don't get me wrong, I thank God for technology because it was technology that kept us connected over the past year for us to bring you the hope world experience. I pray Praise God that even right now, even though we're back in the building, that we're still able to connect with those that don't even live here in southern Illinois. But I still believe, I still believe what the, the writer says over in Hebrews, that we should not neglect the gathering together, the coming together, that something happens when all of us come together as one. Something happens when we're all in the same space, when we're all on one accord with the same mind. God shows himself strong. I know some will say, well, Pastor, God met me in my home and yes he will I'm glad that God is not bound by a location he's not bound by a building that he can meet you in your bedroom he can meet you in the bathroom he can meet you in the shower he can meet you on the side of the road that he can meet you wherever you are it's hope well everywhere baby but there is something about when we are able to come into the house of the Lord together it's something when we're in the same place at the same time with the right mind to praise and magnify God I know pastor we have options that I know that we have options and I thank God for the options and the convenience that we have but please ma'am please sir do never never neglect the principles of God's word just for our convenience yeah that may be a time that may be a point that may be a point where you cannot make it out to the house 
and you have to tune in online and thank God for it. But when we're able to be in the physical place, man, we ought to take advantage of it because something happens, Jarrell, when we're all together. Something happens when we're all together on one accord. Something happens when we're here. God does something special when we're all together as one. How? Do we reclaim the excitement, the enthusiasm, and the joy of gathering together again? How? How? How do we rebuild? How do we cultivate? How do we bring back? How do we? It, how do we develop? How do we initiate? Not even the same. Not even the same enthusiasm. Not even the same excitement. Not even the same joy that we had once before. But how do we cultivate a new joy? How do we cultivate a new excitement? How? do we cultivate a new enthusiasm now that we're back in the house of the Lord. The writer here in Psalms 122 helps us to be able to formulate what we can be able to do to be able to be able to reignite that love and that passion for being in the house of God. Please don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm not saying, I'm not saying, I'm not demonizing technology. I thank God for it. We're going to use it. Uh, we're still using it. But I believe that we can be able to do both. Amen. That we can have a balance to be able to do both, to be in person and to be able to reach, to have an extension of our reach even online David says David, David says I was glad when they said unto me let us go into the house of the Lord and now here we are standing inside your gates oh Jerusalem how do we reclaim that excitement how do we reclaim that enthusiasm how do we reclaim that joy and even at a higher level than we had before First thing we can see right there in verses one through two, that we have to be able to form productive emotions about, co about corporate worship. I'm going to say it again. We have to form productive emotions about corporate worship. I love it. I love it because it's right there in the text. David starts off by saying, I was glad when I got the invitation to be able to come to the house of the Lord. Then he goes on to say, let us go to the house of the Lord. So David began to realize right there that church is not just about me. I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm glad that I have the invitation to be able to go back into the house of the Lord. But David realized it's not just for me. I need us to be able to go to the house of the Lord. He said, I have that excitement that I'm excited for the invitation that has been extended, but I don't want to leave nobody else behind. Come on and come with me as we go to the house of the Lord. There has to be productive emotions that we have about corporate worship because some may say, oh, pastor, you know, church attendance was already declining nationally before the pandemic. It made it even worse during the pandemic. But there still needs to be some productive emotions that you and I have to be intentional, intentional about forming when it comes to gathering together again. Let's be honest. Some, some, some. Some have enjoyed this so much. Not being able to have the responsibility to show up to church because they ain't have to fool with nobody. 
They've enjoyed, they've enjoyed, they've enjoyed this moment because they could be able to do life on their own, do life by themselves, neglected away from other people. But please believe this, saints of God. You and I need each other on this spiritual journey. You and I need each other as we're walking this thing out and being pleasing in the sight of God. You and I need the fellowship of being together because there is something that happens once again when I walk into the building and I know you've been going through hell all week. We've talked about this. We prayed about it. But when I see you in the house of God and your hands go up and pray, there's something contagious when I see someone that I know been going through and they still praise God. It does something on the inside of me. My hands go up. I stand to my feet because I begin to realize if you can praise God in the midst of what you're going through, I'm about to jump up and get on board with you because your praise, your worship has become exciting. I realize it was not just about me, but us coming together to be in the house of the Lord. Got to form you and I have to be able to have to be able to form productive emotions about gathering together again, about corporate worship again. You and I, you and I have to be able to get to a place. You and I have to be able to get to a place that we start realizing what a privilege, what an honor it is for me to be with my brothers and sisters again. What a privilege, what an honor again for us to have a community to be able to belong to and do life together. I love it because, I love it because as they're on their way to Jerusalem, they have the different seven feasts, and the seven feasts were purposeful and intentional, Mother Simon. It was to remind them, to remind them about what God had did for them. It was a constant reminder for them that as they're on this pilgrim, on, as they're on this pilgrimage, Sister Renata, on their way to the temple, on they were on their way to Jerusalem, it was a constant reminder of them to be reminded about what God had done. Two other seven feasts I want to just deal with real quick. One was the Passover. And we know this from the book of Exodus. We know, we know, we know when they were bound, when they were bound under Pharaoh's rule and the decree had went out to be able to kill the firstborn child. But, the, but they, uh, they made the announcement that all you have to do is get you a lamb and apply the blood of the lamb over the doorpost. And when the death angel comes by, they're going to bypass your house because of the blood. This was to be a constant reminder to them. Hey, 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 as you're on your way, as you're on your way up to the temple to be able to praise God as you're on your way up to the temple to be able to worship God. Don't you forget about how God has delivered you out of the hand of the enemy. Don't you forget that you could be dead but it was the blood of Jesus that saved your life and it was a foreshadow even though they had to get the blood of a lamb. It was a foreshadow to be able to point to Jesus that now we don't need a lamb that we have to go and slain but the sacrifice has been paid in full now we are saved because of the blood of Jesus Christ. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. So before our feet even entered the door of 400 East Main Street, some excitement should come. As I'm on my way to church, I get happy in realizing I've been delivered. I've been set free. I have no life. So I have a reason to praise him. I have a reason to magnify him. I have a reason to declare him as Lord and king it was a reminder now, I've been in some tight places that I could not get myself out of but God being a deliverer
deliverer got me out. I don't know about you all in here, but I've been in some tight places before in my life before I was saved. And while I've been saved, it's been some stuff I got myself into that was not the devil. It was not the enemy. It was my own self. But God being a gracious God, God being a gracious father, delivered me and got me out. So when I get here, excuse me, I don't care where they sit me. I don't care where I'm a position. I'm giving God praise because he bought me out this week out of some stuff that I couldn't get myself out of. He healed me. He delivered me and he set me free. So I have to give him glory. I have to give him praise because I'm excited for what he has done. Another one was the Feast of Tabernacles or the Feast of Booths. That journeys the children of Israel on their 40 years in the wilderness. Living in temporary tents. Living in temporary booths. They experience the provision and protection of God for 40 years. Even though they were disobedient, they experienced, y'all missed it, the provision and protection of God for 40 years. I'm going to say it again. Even though they were disobedient, they experienced the provision and protection of God continually for 40 years. I'm going to say it again. They, even though they were disobedient, they experienced, Aunt Sandra, the protection and provision of God continuously for 40 years. And as a part of that, 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 they were to keep this on their mind as they were going to Jerusalem to be able to worship. They were to be reminded of the deliverance of God and not just the deliverance of God. You all know the story. You've been to Sunday school one-on-one. You know the story that as they are out there in the wilderness for 40 years, Renata, they had the best weight loss plan ever. The same shoes, the same clothes they walked into the wilderness wearing were the same shoes and the same clothes that they walked out of. Well, Pastor, maybe they were fasting. No, 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 no. They were not fasting because he provided food in the morning, manna, and he provided food at night. They had everything that they needed, but David wanted them, God wanted them to be reminded continuously as you're going to the temple to be able to worship. Keep on your mind what I have done for you that you were not able to do for yourself. And many of us can be able to testify over the past 17 to 18 months the provision and the protection of God. Many of us can testify that whether you had COVID, he bought you out. If you didn't get COVID, he protected you. You can be able to testify at the fact that you ain't lost nothing. You have gained more. Yes, you can shut out the president. Yes, you can shut out the state. But it was God orchestrating the affairs of the world from on high with stimulus after stimulus, refund after refund, tax credit after tax credit, and making sure that you and I are reminded that I'm a loving God that will never leave you nor forsake you. If I care about the birds and provide for the birds, surely I will provide for my children. Surely I'll make sure my sons and daughters have everything that they need. If God has been your protector, if God has been your provider over the past 17 months, I dare you to open up your mouth and give God a great praise right there. 
you don't lost your job, but he provided. <laughs> Money got funny, but he provided. You thought you weren't going to get your taxes, but God provided. He made a way. This, my brothers and sisters, being reminded about how God delivered them, being reminded about how God has provided and protected them, helped them to form productive emotions about going into the temple. I like it because look at verse 2. He says, and here we are standing inside your gates, O Jerusalem. As soon as their feet touch Jerusalem street, they get happy. They got excited. And David moved from that, from it just being about him. Let us go into the house of the Lord. If we're glad to be back, if we want to be able to restore the excitement, Brother Brian, the enthusiasm, the joy about corporate worship, we got to form productive emotions about corporate worship. But secondly, we have to determine the uniqueness of corporate worship. We got to determine the uniqueness. There's a, there's, a, there's a uniqueness that happens when we come to corporate worship. I'll go ahead and give you this example. There's a uniqueness that happens when you go to a basketball game. There's a uniqueness that happens when you go to a Cubs game. There's a uniqueness that happens when you go to a football game. There's a uniqueness that happens as you're watching the Olympics and you're rooting for the USA. There's a uniqueness of the environment. Because you've determined the uniqueness of the corporate worship. Here it is. Look at verse 4 and 5. It says, all the tribes of Israel, the Lord's people, make their pilgrimage here. They come to give thanks to the name of the Lord as the law requires. As the law requires of Israel. Excuse me. Here stand the thrones where judgment is given. The thrones of the dynasty of David. I like it, I like it, I like it, I like it, I like it because once again, it's showing, it's showing right there, it's showing right there what it is that happens when, what, 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 what the environment should look at. When you look at verse 3, look at this, he says, and here we stand, sit inside your gates, O Jerusalem. Verse 3, Jerusalem is a well-built well -built city. Well-built city. It's seamless walls cannot be breached. When you look at that, it reminds you because of how close-knit that they are, how connected they are. It allows us to be able to see the application of, of unity. Everybody say unity. Oh, man, that when we come to court, when it comes to corporate worship, man, I talked about this Wednesday on Bible study. We should walk together in harmony. We should be unified. We should be as one. We don't have to be uniform and all doing the same thing and all saying the same thing and all acting the same. But there ought to be unity. When people from the outside come in to 400 East Main Street and we're here worshiping, even masking all and social distancing and all, they should still be able to sense that there is unity in the house of God. They still should be able to sense a togetherness that we work together as a team that we work together in harmony even if there are conflicts even if there are issues that we're not blasting the other on social media we're not walking around the other looking all funny at them in church but there is a thing of unity and then we realize if there is conflict we follow what the word of God says because we want to be able to protect and to keep the unity in the house of God that we will walk through and talk through whatever it is that we need to to make sure Sure that we are unified and not just showing unity just to be cute. 
but doing it because it's what God says. And, and because it's what God desires, we desire it as well. But look at verse 4. Look at verse 4. He says, all the tribes of Israel, the Lord's people, make their pilgrimage here. You see that all the different tri tribes of Israel. Listen, we see diversity. Everybody say diversity. Oh, man. Thank God we're not all the same. Thank God we don't all look the same. Thank God we don't all think the same. Thank God all of our ways are not the same. Thank God for diversity that we have amongst us as believers of Jesus Christ. We should not be in competition about our differences, but we ought to be celebrating the differences and the gifts and what you bring to the table and what I bring to the table. Because when I bring the best of me and you bring the best of you, we can put that th put those things together and do something amazing for Jesus says unity diversity but then look at verse 4 the latter part of verse 4 they come to give thanks to the name of the Lord as the law requires of Israel. When you look in the Old Testament, when they say law, when they say law, they're referring to the word of God. And you and I, you and I, our coming together, our coming together would be, would be, would, would, would be absent if we did not come together to be able to glean from the word of God. Our coming together would be in vain if you and I, if you and I did not come, did not come to receive the word of God. And not just to hear the word of God, but to be convinced convicted by the word of God so that we can be able to apply it to our lives. Our coming together, we can run, we can dance, we can shout, and that stuff is great and fine. I love it. But our coming together means absolutely nothing if we have not encountered the word of God and the word of God has not encountered our hearts. That will do what? Lead us towards transformation. The word of God has the power to transform our lives if we will obey it and apply it. And then there was a holy hush in the church. Y'all was just with me when I talked about God being a provider and a protector. But when we apply his word and obey his word, we will see fruits. And we will see the fruits of transformation in our lives. High intention should be come to the house of God. I'm expecting for it to look like the book. I'm going to say it again. When I come to the house of God, the expectation is that the house should resemble the book. Okay, I'm going to say it again. That when I come to the house of God, I'm expecting for the house of God to resemble the book. Unity, diversity, and the priority of God's word will not just happen by itself. It's us being intentional to make sure that we're keeping the unity in the house of God. It's about us being intentional, intentional about celebrating the diversity that we have amongst us and it being intentional of being hearers and doers of the word of God so that we can be able to see life transformation. If we're going to be able to reclaim the uniqueness, the, 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 the excitement, the enthusiasm, the joy of gathering together again, again, I'm almost done, I'm almost done. we got to form productive emotions about corporate worship. We, you and I have to determine the uniqueness of corporate worship. But then here's the third thing. We have to display intentional objectives of corporate worship. Look at verses 6 through 9. David says, pray for peace in Jerusalem. Make all who love this city prosper. 
May all who love the city prosper. Oh, Jerusalem, may there be peace within your walls and prosperity within your palaces. For the sake of my family and friends, I will say, may you have peace. For the sake of the house of the Lord our God, I will seek what is best for you, oh, Jerusalem. David makes it plain and clear. Hey, 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 in our coming together, there must be some objectives that we have in our coming together. And there's so many. But our text points out right here that, hey, there ought to be peace. There ought to be peace. There ought to be peace in Jerusalem. There ought to be peace here at the well. And he says, hey, it's not just going to happen on its own, but we have to be intentional about making sure that there is peace. Within the house of God, he says to be able to pray, saints of God, we ought to be praying for our church whenever our church crosses our mind. Are we, not, we should not wait until there's a storm. We should not wait until there's something that's happening. But anytime we're thinking, oh man, we ought to be praying for leadership. We ought to be praying for each other, praying for our church, that God will use us to do what he has called for us to do. He's putting a call to action for us as believers. Yes, come to the temple, but when you come to the temple, there are responsibilities that you and I have. And coming. And one of those responsibilities is to pray. Pray what, Pastor? Pray that we will be the church that God has called for us to be. Pray that we will live out the vision that God has given us to be able to live. One that's worth thing to do. It's to go somewhere, and you get there, and you realize they have false advertised. <laughs> I'll never forget. Carrie, I'm so glad that you're here because I ain't had nobody say that to me since the last time you was here, so I love you for that. I'll never forget when King Beef was here. Some that's been in Carbondale for a while, you remember King Beef. Those from Chicago were excited because they were offering, they, Alexandria, they were offering chicken with mouth sauce. Oh, praise God. We were excited. Everybody and their mom was going over to King Beef. And one day, Aunt Sandra, that anointed for King Beef just hit my stomach. And I went over there, and I was excited, Cherie, because I had made it in my mind. Sister Stacia, I want me a six-piece fried hard, saucy mouth sauce on everything. I'm talking about, I wanted so much mouth sauce, Lakeisha, that when I picked up the bag, I wanted the bag to be sweating because it was full of mouth sauce and I wanted my bread at the bottom so that as the sauce came off of the chicken, the bread soaked it all up so good that when I picked up the bread with the fork, it would break. I went, I went, I went, I went. I was excited. I went, I was happy. I got that to the counter. I'm like, David, I was glad when they said unto me, let's go to King Beef. I was excited. My stomach was ready. And I got that to the counter. I put my order in. He said, the lady said, the woman of God said, well, sir, we ain't got no chicken. I said, help God. What do you mean he don't have no chicken? What do you mean? You know, this is the wrong time. I, 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 I want some chicken right now. I want chicken right now. I said, okay, well, let me go ahead. Let me get a piece of puff fried harbor. We ain't got, we ain't got no piece of puff. I said, oh, God, help me today. I said, okay, well, let me go ahead and get a burger. I want a well done. I want cheese on it, all that stuff. They said, no, we ain't got no burgers. I said, okay, okay, okay. So what do you have? Because everything I've told you, you've come back to me and said you didn't have. Well, really, right now, we ain't got nothing because uh, 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 we got a staff member over at Walmart going to get some supplies. So why are your doors open if you don't have? 
anything. The worst thing to experience is to go somewhere and to get there and you've realized you've been lied to because what they've marketed, what they've advertised, they don't have. Pastor Sims, get to your point because you are, it's, almost at, it's after 11 o'clock and we're still in church. My point is this. If we say that we are the well where the Spirit of God never runs dry, then we have to pray to ensure that we have running, clean, pure water that is continually being done. We have to make sure that if we say this is hope well, that when people come here and they're hopeless and they're down and they've been kicked on and stumped on, that when they come here and they come in and they walk out, Mother Algie, they leave with hope. If we ain't got no clean water, if we ain't got no fresh water from the well, if we don't have any hope, then we might as well shut down our doors and give the building back to the bank because we will lead people in here, but we will offer, we will offer false advertisement because we don't live up to what we said we had. So we pray. God, help us to be a fresh well. That when the saints, when the saints, when the saints take a dip of the water from the well, they're refreshed and they're not made sick. I never forget. It was a few years ago. It's a young lady. It was it was pre-COVID. That's when we could hug and stuff, you know. Sister Tanya and the greeters were out in the hallway. I was walking, just walking around before service started. Young lady came in, bawling, crying, just overwhelmed with tears. Sister Tanya did not ask a question. She pulled, she grabbed the girl, she pulled her close. And the girl cried in her arms as if it was her mother. Still to this day, we don't know what was wrong. We don't know what happened. But in that moment, Sister Tanya discerned enough that it's more important for me to hug this girl than trying to give her to the ushers to be sat where she needs to be sat. No, before she gets into the sanctuary, she needs to feel the embrace of God through me. And hugging hope on the inside of her. Never know what that hug did. That helped her to finish off that week. We don't know what that hug did. Of God using people to remind her, I ain't forgot about you. I knew you were going to be struggling this morning. I knew where to lead you to. I knew there was going to be a greeting in the hallway that when she saw you, she was going to be drawn to you and embrace you and hug you. If we're not, we ain't going to be a place that there's fresh water for the well, from the well, then what are we doing? Souls are at stake, and if we just come in just to play church, Jesse said in her, she said in her essay, if we just come just to play church, we're wasting our time. If we're not going to offer hope to everybody, then I might as well gather all the cleaves, empty out the building, and give the building back to the bank. We pray. God, help us to bring help to our city, restoration to our community, and hope to our world. We pray that we will be the place that God has called for us to be. All right, Pastor, hurry up. What do I do? How do I apply this word to my life then, Reverend? 
Here it is. Tough question we got to ask ourselves. Have I returned the way that I left? Did I come through these doors today like I did March the 15th, 2020? Or is there a newness as I came in? Is there a refreshing as I came in? Have we returned to God? Have we returned to the building and not to God? Did I leave? Did I leave? Have I returned the same worshiper I was March the 15th? I still don't engage. You still got to pump and prime me and tell me. And, 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 I, and, and the present worship leader still has to play Simon Says with you and tell you what to do when you lift your hands, when to turn around, when to do this, when to do that. Or, or have I learned during quarantine how to lift my hands and praise God and what I've been doing at home for the past 17 months? I couldn't wait to come out and do it in public. <laughs> Are we glad to be back? I'm like David. I was glad when he said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. August 23rd through the 27th, we're doing a church-wide fast, water only, for five days. It'll start that Monday, August the 23rd at 7 a.m., we have prayer, 7 a.m. in the morning online, 6 o'clock in the building in person. Then we'll end the, end the fast on August the 27th, that Friday at 7 a.m. after we pray. I have been seeking the Lord. Okay, God, what, what's next? What's next? What's, what, what's next? We, we're having to navigate through all this stuff. We thought we had turned the corner, then, then comes a twin. Trying to figure out how to navigate through all that stuff, do ministry, meet needs, do all that stuff. Lord, what, what do we do? How do we move? What's the direction? And real simple, Scripture says some things only through prayer and through fasting. Where we position ourselves corporately to hear what God is saying to us. One of the things I know that God is calling for us, which is a mandate throughout the whole Bible, is to be holy. It's to live holy. It's to live lives that's pleasing to him. All of us all of us struggle with some sin that we have in our lives. Some may be more public than others, but we all got something. Because it's easy for us to look at the person, oh, they just horn around with everybody. Yeah, but you lie and gossip. Same thing. <laughs> they just good at doing theirs in private, but you just out in the open with yours. Same thing. But it's just still sin in God's eyes. Calling. For us to repent, turn away from that thing and follow after him. We don't hear about repentance anymore. We don't hear about seeking God for deliverance. 
We hear the word deliverance, we get spooked out because deliverance is not just somebody rolling in the floor, throwing up. Deliverance can be God can meet you in your bathroom and set you free. But seeking him to do something in me that I can't get myself out of. Why? Because he's a deliverer. He's a deliverer. Because then, when we've been delivered, saints of God, it impacts our witness. Oh, I will never forget some that's been here for some time. You remember Dr. Wanda um, Davis Turner. She came years ago for a women's conference that she had. And one thing that she said, because God had delivered her and healed her from cancer, she said she was so sensitive to those that she would come around. She could, she, the Holy Spirit would let her know if they had cancer. She, just, she was just that sensitive about it. It, it, it increased her witness because she was able to go, Elder James, and share with someone else and tell them, God can't deliver you. He, he delivered me. It will impact our witness, saints, that we can go and tell the world, look at what God has done in me. He is no respectable person. He can do the same thing in your life if you let him. I've been talking about it intentionally over the past few weeks because I don't want you, I don't want you, I don't want you to allow your flesh to talk you out of it. Oh, five days only one enough. Oh my God, I'ma die. I ain't gonna make it. You gonna live, you're gonna live, you're gonna live, you're gonna live, you're gonna live. And we all be honest, hey, listen, a few days without food, ain't none of us gonna hurt for it. Amen. I, I know I'm not. That was a joke, y'all can laugh. I'm just saying. But it's a time for us to. As we're making our way back to the building, that we make our way back to God too. So that he can do a work on the inside of us. Pray with me this morning. Father God, thank you for your word. Where would we be without your word? We will be lost. We will be like a, a ship without a sail. We will be confused. But thank you, Father, that your word has been a lamp unto our feet, a light unto our path. Thank you, Father, for the great revival, oh God, that you want to do in this place. Better yet, for what you want to do in our hearts. Thank you for being a deliverer. Thank you for being a protector. And thank you for being a provider. And we ask in the first name of Jesus, we pray and all of God's people said, amen. Put those hands together this morning.